Jeff Bezos, the founder and CEO of Amazon, announced yesterday that he would be handing the reins over to a new CEO. Bezos founded Amazon more than 26 years ago. And under his watch, the company has grown from an online bookseller in his garage to one of the largest employers in the U.S. I think I would describe him as an absolutely relentless person. His DNA is sort of infused inside of the company with Amazon. Originally, he wanted to call it relentless. One of the things that is true, even to this day, you can go online and put in relentless.com and Amazon comes up. Try it. Really? Yeah. Relentless.com. Okay. Relentless.com. Yep. Goes straight to Amazon. Yeah. But the company that was shaped in the image of its relentless founder will soon be run by a new CEO. Welcome to The Journal, our show about money, business, and power. I'm Kate Leinbaugh. It's Wednesday, February 3rd. Coming up on the show, how Jeff Bezos turned Amazon into an American Goliath and what the company's future looks like with a new CEO. This episode is brought to you by Indeed. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash journal. Terms and conditions apply. Do you remember the first time you used Amazon? I think so. I was a pretty early adopter for Amazon. That's Brad Olson. He's a tech editor in San Francisco. And like a lot of us, he and Amazon go way back. This morning, we went deep into our order history. My first Amazon purchase appears to be a book, The Original Adventures of Hank the Cowdog. <laughs> what year was this? 2003. Wow. My first purchase was uh, four books, three of them Pulitzer Prize winners, novel, poetry, Steve Cole's Ghost Wars, as well as the classic Den of Thieves by James Stewart. Your book taste is obviously much better than mine because I was, I think my daughter had just been born. It's so sweet. It was six months after, and so I think I wanted to read her a book. Amazon started by taking on bookstores, but Bezos had bigger plans to go after other brick-and-mortar retailers. His goal from the very beginning was for it to be the everything store, for everything to be possible to be sold on Amazon. We try to be the Earth's most customer-centric company, totally obsessing over the customer experience. All that investment is expensive, but we think not to invest at this time would be incredibly short-sighted. And so if anyone would come to him with a proposal for selling this item or that item, he would always be interested in it. They expanded slowly into CDs and then other kind of small products after that. They expanded into other things like toys. And so it just goes expanding kind of product by product. There's this sort of self-fulfilling prophecy that takes place whenever Amazon moves into a new business. People expect that it's going to succeed and investors are sort of willing to 
give it the latitude that it needs, right? So that's an unstoppable force. So they would either buy or expand into different business lines, even as they also expand their retail arm. They have a studio, very, very successful studio that's won a lot of awards. They do groceries, they do logistics, and they launch something that is certainly capable of competing with FedEx and UPS. So basically, almost every business. And as the company grew, Bezos built a corporate culture around this idea of growing continuously. People are empowered to chase down the ideas that they think are important, and they are all sort of relentless. And then they also talk about what he would call the six-pager. And so, you know, if you had a new idea, you would write out a business plan and then like a press release for the item. That was part of the six-pager. And everyone would come to a meeting and read it before they would talk. And so you're kind of putting this idea on paper the best that you can articulate it. And then it's just people kind of sally forth on it in a meeting. What we're trying to do isn't easy. And it's not for everybody, that's for sure. Because when you're trying to invent something completely new and build a lasting company, it's meant to be hard. And I think there are plenty of examples where, you know, he's sort of impatient with an idea that isn't fully thought out. But then also there are times when he's very ambitious and aggressive in going after something in a big way. One of the most ambitious swings that the company took was under the purview of Andy Jassy a longtime Amazon executive. So Andy Jassy gets there in 1997 and was one of the earliest employees. He's a Harvard MBA, and he's very similar in a way to um, some of the traits that Bezos has. He's known as somebody that really can get into the nitty-gritty of the technology, but also someone who is just unafraid to aggressively pursue business and kind of represent Amazon's interests. Relentless, you could say. Again, yes, I, you know, I, I'm kind of trying not to keep saying it because it's like anyone who's listening would be like, yeah, I heard him say that like three times already. <laughs> Jassy started out working in Amazon's CD business. Then in the early 2000s, he took on a new role as basically Bezos's chief of staff. And one day in 2003, Bezos called Jassy and some other employees to a brainstorming session in his living room to look for ways to expand Amazon's business outside of retail. One thing they took a look at, all the hardware Amazon was using to power its e-commerce platform. You know, we have this spare computing power and infrastructure. What if we allowed others to use it? And that's how they kind of come up with AWS. AWS, Amazon Web Services. The idea they'd eventually develop was to rent out computing resources on Amazon servers. Was there something that they had identified about the cloud market that made it prime for disruption? I don't think it was disruption. I think it was more invention. Cloud computing wasn't really a business that existed. There were a lot of businesses and governments that had their own servers and computing infrastructure. And I don't think it had really occurred to anyone that it could be an industry that vast numbers of people would want to just use the cloud to kind of rent, like that there could be a utility, which is basically what it is now, that the internet, you know, the, it's like connecting power lines. Jassy was put in charge of making cloud computing a huge part of Amazon's business. And he did. I thought I would start by sharing a quick update on how the AWS business is progressing. And the business is growing really dramatically. Jassy grew AWS into an almost $13 billion business, 
that is now the most profitable arm of the company. He did this by being a really aggressive executive. Brad remembers one story in particular. There was an article in The Information a couple years ago, and it shows Jassy in a restaurant while a former customer of Amazon was eating with Microsoft. And this customer had kind of switched from Amazon to Microsoft. And I think Amazon disputes the anecdote, but I still thought it was really interesting. And Jassy just comes up to this former customer and starts pitching him on AWS and all the things that they were working on and what they were doing. And I just thought it was such a great story He's kind of a missionary for Amazon. He has this zeal, like a preacher's zeal for the company. And so I really thought it was illuminating. Now, he's going to take that preacher's zeal and bring it right to the top of one of the biggest companies in the world. But for Jassy, taking on the entirety of Amazon will come with a new set of challenges. That's after the break. This episode is brought to you by ServiceNow, the AI platform for business transformation. AI is only as powerful as the platform it's built into. Enter ServiceNow. It puts AI to work for people, for employees, for developers, and even your customers, removing frustration and supercharging productivity. On our intelligent platform, AI isn't just a promise. It's happening today. That's why the world works with ServiceNow. Tap the banner to learn more or visit servicenow.com slash AI for people. This episode is brought to you by Indeed. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com journal. Terms and conditions apply. Jassy will step up to the role of CEO later this year. When he does, there will be some big challenges waiting for him, like a unionization effort and perhaps most critically, several antitrust investigations, including by a House subcommittee and the European Union. I think a lot of it is actually based on Dana Mattioli's reporting for the journal. So there are a lot of examples that Dana found, and then I think that antitrust regulators also looked at, of Amazon using its power to compete in ways that cross the line, you know. And I think that's kind of what antitrust regulators are looking at, you know, is sort of what's that line. One allegation being investigated has to do with violations in Amazon's private label business. In essence, that some Amazon employees looked at the sales data from third-party sellers on its site, which Amazon promised it wouldn't do, and allegedly used that information to make their own Amazon-labeled products at a cheaper price. And how has Amazon responded to these allegations? Amazon says that, uh, you know, what they do is legal. You know, that in the example of the private label, you know, the private label brands are something that have existed for a long time. You can see them at Costco, you know, Kirkland brand at Costco. And so they've said that, you know, what we've done is legal and not different from competition that has existed in capitalism for more than a century. And do we have any indication of whether this change of the CEO will put a new face on that to Congress and antitrust authorities. So this is now Jassy's problem as opposed to Bezos's problem? You know, when Bezos testified before Congress last year, 
the extent to which, you know, he was sort of a target when he was asked these questions was on display for everyone to see. Why should a third-party seller list their product on Amazon if they're just going to be undercut by Amazon's own, pro- own product as a result of data you take from them? Uh, sir, uh, I think what, what I want you to understand, and I think it's important to understand, is that we have a policy against... Uh, so I do think that would change when you have kind of a, someone taking over who's not as famous. Jassy is just simply not as famous as Jeff Bezos. And so I do think that could change the dynamics somewhat, but I also don't think that Congress or, you know, any of these other authorities are going to kind of water down their investigative pursuit, you know, because Bezos isn't at the center of it. What are some of the business challenges Jassy's going to have to face? I think growth in the cloud is much more difficult now. It's kind of grown as fast as it could for a long time, but you also have Microsoft that is competing you know, is is probably Amazon's most significant competitor. And then Google coming up in kind of third place that's also competing in the cloud. And then I think the changes that could come to Amazon in the coming years from legislation or some of these antitrust matters could really change the business. Certainly that possibility. Bezos is not leaving the company. He's just going upstairs as executive chairman. What does that actually mean? It's something that exists a lot in business, and it just depends on how involved the executive chairman is. I think Amazon was very careful to say he's not going away. I think they really wanted to get that message out there that he's still going to be involved and is, in fact, probably going to be involved at a similar level to what he's doing now. He's still going to be involved and isn't going anywhere. In a letter to employees yesterday, Bezos also said he plans to take more time for his other projects. You know, he's had a rocket company, Blue Origin, for some time, and um, he already spends some time with it. He could conceivably spend more time with the rocket company. He started a $10 billion climate-related philanthropy, and so that's something that I think will be he'll be able to focus on more. And then I think he'll be able to focus on just private pursuits, you know, things that he wants to spend time doing. Bezos has loved to defy gravity, to prove critics wrong, right? We can take book selling online. We can create a whole cloud computing industry. Does this sort of mean that Amazon has reached the end of that? Like there are no more worlds to conquer, you know? When Alexander saw and he wept for there were no more worlds to conquer. Uh, No, I think there are always worlds to conquer. He's known to have, you know, his space interests in the past, but he believed, much like Elon Musk, in the idea of colonizing planets. So I think someone who thinks that we've got to get to the point where we can colonize planets is not somebody who thinks they're at the end of the line, you know, for um, new business lines for Amazon. What should we make of this moment? Like, is this an inflection point for Amazon? I think any time, you know, a company that's grown to what Amazon is... And to what it's become, you know, where the founder leaves, it's definitely a moment, you know. And it's a moment that happens with really every big company. And you always are asking, is it going to continue to be the force it was? Does it really depend on this one person? Or is it something that can continue to be everything that it has been in the past? Everyone can wonder and watch and see if Amazon is going to continue on the course that it's been on without Bezos in that lead CEO role. We'll just have to see.
That's all for today, Wednesday, February 3rd. The Journal is a co-production of Gimlet and The Wall Street Journal. If you'd like to hear more about The Wall Street Journal's investigation into Amazon's private label business, check out our episode from last April called How Amazon Employees Used Sellers' Data Against Them. Thanks for listening. See you tomorrow.